What up, what up? This is your host, LD, and this is the Everything is Just a Conversation podcast, a show where we'll discuss anything and everything like some grown-ass adults from a more rationale standpoint over emotion. Be warned, some topics may trigger you, and you might get in your feelings, but we don't fight, and we don't argue. We talk it out, because everything is just a conversation. Let's get into it. everybody welcome to another episode of everything is just a conversation podcast i am your host ld and today i have a special guest host with me my friend my buddy my twin my family jazz so for a little background just so y'all know i first met my homie here back in what 2009 2010 yeah 2009 2010yeah2009yeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeahyeah
they say to boost your happiness or reduce your stress. I think it's good that you start off with a definition of friendship because a lot of people have different definitions of friendships Mm -hmm. and what a friend is. And that's where you would have stress. If you have somebody who defines it the same and y'all have an agreement on what you both believe a friend is and should be, I completely agree with that. It should boost your happiness and reduce your stress. Like that, you have it's, it. Nothing pays or beats having good friends. I completely agree. If you got someone in your life that's causing you stress, they are not your friend. They, they are, are not your a friend. Leech. They are a vampire. They are just there sucking all your energy and your vibe, and you do not need those type of people around you. We don't do that. Not at all. Number two, they improve your self confidence and self worth. I believe a good friend, again, with somebody who has a, a like definition as yourself, they would improve your confidence because it, we both should want to win. I should want to see as a good friend, I should want to see you win and you should want to see me win. If your friend doesn't want to see you win, most likely they're not a friend. I agree. And also with that, tying in with the self-worth, your friends, they should be the type there to boost your ego. They should be some of your biggest cheerleaders. They they should be there to support you when you're doing right, tell you that you're doing right, but they should also be able to call you out on your shit when you're doing wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Like you should that that's another thing with being a good friend, that means it's somebody that you trust. So you trust the criticism that they would give you. If you're gonna tell me and check me when I'm wrong or tell me when I'm doing something that's not right, I trust you and I have confidence that you're gonna, you know, try to lead me in the in the right direction. You're gonna help me get there. And then if I'm doing right, that yeah, you're gonna boost me up and hype me up. Yeah, sis, you got this. Yeah, bro, you can do this. I see you, you know, that that's that's how it's supposed to be. Exactly. Number three, and this is a big one here. Help you cope with traumas such as divorce, serious illness, jobs loss, or the death of a loved one. I completely agree. All of that, all of the above, is when you will really see who your true friends are. Because those are situations I had a really good friend, um, my best friend. Unfortunately, she did pass away. Uh, and in the light of COVID, it was, it was just so much going on. But she used to tell me that people who are supposed to be around you... They'll stay even in those situations and things that come up in life where it's not about them. If you have to deal with a death in the family or deal with funerals and stuff like that, that's not about you. That's not about that person. It's about the the person that's deceased, unfortunately, or the person that's ill. You know, they're going to show their true colors. And if they can't, if all your so-called friends disappear when these situations in your life come up, they're not your friends. Super big facts, because... People, let me tell y'all, for those who don't personally know me or, you know, follow me on Facebook, know my story, so on and so forth and whatnot. Um, once upon a time, I was married. Back in 2020, I filed from the filed for the uh, I filed for divorce from my now ex-wife. Um. I don't talk a whole lot about the situation because I don't really like to revisit it that often. I did go to um, therapy and counseling behind it for a long time to get through the situation and whatnot, and now I'm in a much better place. But as it was going on and with everything that was going on and whatnot, um, and also, side note, 
I also don't talk about it a whole lot because I don't talk about her a whole lot. And in discussing the topic or whatnot, I don't want it to seem like I'm just like mad, upset, or bitter or anything. Um, because there's not a whole lot of super positive things I can say about or whatever. But don't get me wrong, you know, she's a great individual. You know, she's a lovely young lady in her own term of rights or whatever. So I always wish her the best and whatnot, and I hope she's doing well. We don't have any communication of any kind. So again, I hope she's doing well or whatnot. But yeah, I just don't talk about her or the situation that much or whatever. But anyways, so while all that was going on, my friend here, Jazz, and her husband, Arfar, would constantly provide counsel for me. Anytime I was going through any type of situation, I needed a pick-me-up, I needed some marital advice and whatnot, I would go to them because they have been doing this for a while. They, they haven't been doing it so long to where it felt like what they were telling me would be out of place because they've been together and been married for like a really, really long time. But at the same time, they weren't so new into it to where it's like I should take their advice with a grain of salt. Like they don't know what they're talking about. They're just getting into it. So they had that, that perfect amount of time to hit that sweet spot to give me the type of guidance or whatnot that I felt like would be appropriate in the situation. So, again, as everything was going on, I would talk to them. They would counsel me. If I needed some help and advice, they'd give it to me. When it came to um, hitting my straws with in the situation, where, like, at that point, like, it was just done. It was over. Like, it wasn't any more to really do with the situation or whatnot. Like, they was there for me. I remember I called Mr. Farr at, like... I think it was like 12 o'clock, almost 1 in the morning on New Year's, New Year's. Day. Yeah, transition yeah. to New Year's Day 2020. And I was like, hey, bro, like, I need you to come over. Help me grab my shit so I can go. Because, like, we had been going through our shit and we were going back and forth. At, at that point in time, like, I had already moved out of the bedroom and I was staying in the guest room and I was just staying there until I could, you know, get my own housing situation situated and whatnot. Um, it came to the day of New Year's Eve. Um, I went to work, she went to work. We both got off. Um, I'm in guest room chilling. She's somewhere around the house. We have a brief conversation. She's asking what my plans are. She tells me hers. To my understanding, we don't have any plans together. She's going to go um, to her parents' house and do some stuff over there. Possibly come back to our side of town because her parents stay on the north side. Um, possibly come back to our side of town, go to the office, do some work, and then maybe go back um, to her parents' house or whatever. Okay, cool. I'll have no problem with that because, again, at this point, you and I were pretty much done. We're just cohabitating until I can go elsewhere. So she asked me my plans. At that moment, I didn't have any plans. So I was probably just going to be at the house chilling. Um, my coworkers had told me about um, a house party slash New Year's Eve party that they were going to throw and I was invited. But... I haven't made up my mind on if I want to go, so, you know, I was just chilling on it or whatever. So, okay, cool, whatever. Um, she, 
She leaves the room, goes to the bedroom. I'm standing in the guest room, um, watching TV. I get on the phone. I'm talking to one of my friends. We just having casual chit chat about life and work and everything. Um, she asks me what my plans are. I tell her about the party and whatnot. And she's like, well, I mean, it's New Year's. You're not doing anything. Y'all aren't doing anything. You don't have to work the next day. You might as well go hang out with your work friends. Because, I mean, what else you going to do? Just sit in the house and stare at the four walls? And I'm like, you know, yeah, I guess you're right. Because just sitting around would be pretty miserable. And I don't feel like doing all of that. So, yeah, I guess I could go to the party. That sounded like a setup for miscommunication, to be honest. Yeah, because apparently she was eavesdropping on the conversation and she, being my ex-wife or whatever, was eavesdropping on the conversation and just made up her own storyline about what happened or what the conversation was or whatever. And then she ended up texting my mom and was like, you know, I'm sorry, I just can't do this anymore. It's New Year's Eve and your son is over here making plans to spend the evening with some random woman. So then my mom come text me like, the hell is going on? You know, like, what what is she talking about? Like, what what's the situation? And I'm like, I don't know where the hell she got that from because I was talking to one of my friends about a New Year's party that my coworkers are throwing and I told her about said party. Yeah, you did actually. I remember that. I remember that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> and that was a crazy situation because I was like, "Where did you get this from?" This conversation, and I feel like you could have just asked if you didn't really understand or you really didn't know what was. You weren't sure of what you heard. All you had to do was ask. Exactly. That's, that's all you had to do. If you weren't sure of what you heard and you thought it might be something else, just ask. Like it's it's not that hard. No. But you wanted to take this narrative and run with it. All the way down the street, mm-hmm. like if if you and if you didn't want to be with me, if you didn't want to do this, then all you had to do was say that. But you want to text my mother and try to paint this totally different picture and tell a totally different narrative that is so out of my character. It just don't make no sense. Yeah, so I ended up going to the party just to have something to do. While I'm at the party, she's texting me crazy. We're not going to get into the details of all that or whatever. Couldn't even enjoy the party. No. But I ended up leaving the party shortly after midnight because that's actually what I planned on doing anyway. I get back to the house. A. Okay, so we we had a two-car garage. So she would park her car on one side and I park my car on mine. She took random miscellaneous items or whatever and move them into my parking space so I quote unquote wouldn't be able to park there. I would have to get out of the car and move stuff out the way so I can park there. Outside of that, she A locked me out the house and B took some of my belongings and started throwing them out on the lawn. At that point, by the time I get in, well I get there and I get inside the house or whatever, you know, it's just like Word, really? This is what we're doing? Like, what the fuck or whatever. And she's like, I told you to stay wherever you were because I didn't want you in the house. And I'm like, bruh, I plan on coming back anyway. And I live here. You, It's not like you can just be like, oh, you're not welcome here anymore. Boom, get out. Now, on one hand, it's like she kind of can because it was her house. Her name was on the lease and mine wasn't. But on the flip side... 
I had asked her like months and months prior to, you know, draw up the paperwork so we can get my name put on a lease because I was living there. I was paying bills there and whatnot. So it's like you can't just put me out just because you're having, you know, some issues, you're upset or whatever. Like we can at least talk about it and make some type of decision from there or whatever. But clearly that wasn't happening that night or whatever. So it's like, yeah. Hey, bro, come over. Come help me get my stuff or whatever. Like, this ain't it. It's time to go. Now, one of my... It's not even one of my... The biggest issue I had with that, which was the driving nail in the coffin for me that told me that it was just completely over and it wasn't no saving it, was for the fact that she was actually putting me out. With that, because... On New Year's Day. On New Year's Day, but with that mainly because back in, oh gosh, it was between 08 and 09, um, I told her about this and this is why it was one, it was like the biggest issue for me or whatever. For a couple of months in between 08 and 09, I was technically homeless. I didn't have my own place to reside to call home or whatnot. Like I actually spent a number of days actually sleeping in my car because I didn't really have anywhere to go. Luckily then, um, I was still in contact with a good friend that I made back in 06 and I became really close with her and her family and um, her mom allowed me to come stay with them. So she gave me a place to stay, gave me shelter and whatnot. And, you know, there's food around or whatever. So their place became home before I moved onto campus um, while I was in school because my job was going to school from 09 to 13. So that's how, at that point, her family became my family. Fans will talk more about that another time because I'm actually going to have that young lady on the show for another episode. But anyway, so yeah, like, and with my ex dealing with dealing with me and let's be together, she knew that one of my biggest fears and the biggest reason why I live life the way I do is because I didn't ever want to go back to that point. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever want to be in the position again to where I did not have somewhere to call home. I didn't have somewhere to go. And for the fact that she did that to me, that just said... Uh uh-uh, uh, nah, fuck that. Mm-hmm. We're completely done. Red flag. Because, like, I don't care who you are, you can be my worst enemy. If I know your absolute, uh, how do I want to put it? If I know your absolute final straw, like your point of no return action, like, I cannot like you. But I'm not going to dislike you. I'm not going to hate you enough to do that to you. Exactly. To take you back to a place where you've already been open and honest and said that you don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you going to literally do that exact same thing that I told you. This was like one of the worst things that happened to me in my life. And you going to do that same thing. I, I, th- there's nothing else to say or do after that. There's, there's no coming back. Because no. how could you... How could you do that to me? And I, and if also, if I told you that in confidence, because I trusted that you wouldn't hurt me like that. You wouldn't do that to me. And here, you, here it is. 
you did the, the exact same thing mm-hmm. that took me back to that place. Like, nah, that's that's not that's not somebody you want to be around. That's not somebody you want to keep giving energy and life to. Yep. So with that, that, that very next week, I went and filed those papers. And from there, the situation just moved forward as it was. And eventually, I gained my freedom. Oh, yeah, man. Me and husband, we were excited about that. We could not wait. We wanted to see you. I mean, like true good friends. We hated to see you going through the whole situation because it was a lot. Like it's a lot to go through. And and but I mean, we wanted you to be whole. We wanted you to be doing well, be doing, you know, good by yourself and really take the time to seek the help, counseling, whatever it might be. To, to get back to yourself or f- become a better you, you know, if anything, become a better you. Like, and I've watched you live your life in a fashion that one, some people, ha- if they don't financially live, you know, very strategically or smart, that could have really hurt them. Like you, you, if you got nowhere to go, man, what are you supposed to do? When somebody puts you out and you don't have nowhere to go or you don't have good friends or family, that you can trust and, and, you know, go to for help or something like that. What are you supposed to do? Like, life is hard. That's that's rough. Exactly. You try to do all that. So, thankfully for that, um, the way I live my life, I'm very money conscious and I'm pretty good at saving and managing and whatnot. I had a pretty good amount of money in the bank. I was able to put myself up in a hotel for about two weeks while I found somewhere else to move to and whatnot. And I ended up finding a decent apartment complex to move to that wasn't far from the job so they got me in rather quickly and I got myself situated and that was all good to go which transitions us to the next point friends encourage you to change or avoid unhealthy lifestyle habits sure do man I'm telling you like if okay so like in school I went to college and I, I honestly don't know how I made it through. <laughs> I don't know how I made it through because I was partying. Like, I would go out with my friends. We were partying, have class at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, get done with class at, like, 2, go to work from 3 to 8 or 3 to 9, and then go out until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and mm. do that almost back to back. Y'all was getting in. Man, I, I don't know how we did it. It was such a blur. It was fun. It was good times. But you can't do that with everybody. You can't do that if you don't have good friends. Mm -hmm. And then if it spirals out of control, like, okay, if you're drinking or your lifestyle, your habits are starting to get in the way that are kind of tainting the friendship or it makes it hard for me to be a good friend to you because of the choices you're making, I'm supposed to be your friend. I'm supposed to be able to tell you like, hey, you kind of messing up right now. Mm -hmm. Like you need to get yourself together. You, You need to be doing better. Right. Well, I'm supposed to be able to call you out on your shit and you're supposed to be able to accept the fact that I'm calling you out. Yeah. You might not like it. You might not want to hear it. Nobody ever wants to really hear criticism or, or you know, feel like they're they just, just a complete life fuck up. Nobody wants to hear that. But my good friend who who's deceased now, I would have to check her a number of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would have to check her a number of times. I mean, bless her heart, but she tried. And every time I would get on her, she would listen. She wouldn't like hearing it, but she wouldn't hang up on me. Mm-hmm. She w- we would talk the next day. And I would try to sit there and help her fix it. Like, okay, hey, I'm telling you that you're not doing great at this. Your, your lifestyle needs to change. You need to do better. 
let me try to help you get to that place. Like I can't do it for you, but I can help you put you in line with some stuff like here, maybe get a different job Mm -hmm. or here, maybe try to wean yourself off of whatever it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if it's, if you, if you really into like drugs or something like that or something that's really going to hurt you in the long run, uh, yeah, it all starts out as recreational. Everything starts out as recreational or I'm a social drinker or whatever, but if your habits or you have an addictive personality, you need to swap it out. Right. Let me, as your friend, let me let me take notice in that. Like, I care about you as a friend. I want you to do better. I don't want to see you do this. Right. You know? So, like, I'm going to encourage a healthy lifestyle. I don't see... Good friends should always do that. Indeed. And, and R.O.P. to the... R.I.P. to the homie because that was my friend as well. Yeah. And I miss her very much. I miss talking to her and laughing with her goofy ass all the damn time. She was very, very good people. Mm-hmm. She is thirty. Good people. <sighs> and the last point Mail Clinic article brings up has the benefit of friendship is an increase your sense of belonging and purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, friends. That's. It, that take you take it back to like the sandbox when mm-hmm. you first start going to school and you know you go from being at home a little kid and then you go to preschool or kindergarten for the first time and there's a bunch of kids and you, you just want to play with somebody mm-hmm. you just want to be able to play with somebody then as you progress through your you know elementary middle school you try to really find yourself so then you try to find people who are like you or like the same things you do. Right. We watch the same TV shows. We like the same colors. You know, we like to all play basketball. We all, you know, it starts out with simple stuff. And then over time, you learn to mature those relationships. Mm-hmm. And and really, when you have friends, you don't feel as alone. They, you know, I, I'm a big, like, psychology buff. So one of my favorite classes that I took had to do with a lot of psychology and, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's one of the big, like, foundational ones, like the feeling the need to belong. Right. You know, having a good group of friends will make you feel like, okay, I can do this. I'm not by myself. I also have people are a good mixture, you know, that, that we all like to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. I can, I can hang out and I can be like this and it's okay. It's okay because there's somebody else out there that's like me. Right. Or at least sees or has the same point of view. Whatever kind of common ground you find. Yeah, someone pretty similar to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want somebody that's creepy and is like a, like a twin or whatever that, <laughs> that, that does everything alike. You don't want somebody like that. That's a little creepy. That's, you know, two lifetime. But right. somebody that y'all have some really good core common values, points of views, Whatever. Right. And with that, they also give you purpose because if you have a pretty good set of friends around you, that means they're striving to do things. They're striving for excellence. They're working on, you know, meeting certain goals and reaching new achievements and whatnot. And with them being your friends and you being around you, you being around them, they should be encouraging you to do the same. If not, I mean, well, because now, don't, don't get me wrong, I... A lot of my friends, we have main core common, same point of view, similar points of views or core common values, but I am literally the only one out of my group of friends that chose to go down the career path based in science. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
but it's always good to surround yourself with people maybe not doing the same thing as you, but will still motivate you to do better or go your highest and your furthest for yourself. Like I have friends that are in business and in engineering and in teaching. I have no desire to be any part of that, but I it doesn't stop me as a good friend for encouraging them to do the best that they can in their field. Okay. Same way to encourage they can encourage me to do the best that I can in my field. You have to have people around you that are doing better than you too because how else would you know what to strive for? That part. You have to be able to see that. Like this is attainable. I can I can do this. I can get that. If they can get it, I can get it. Not to hate on them and be like, well, they don't deserve that. How do they get that? No. If they can get it, I can get it. Right. And and just to be clear, I wasn't saying that you all have to be doing the same thing. I'm just saying that you all do have to be striving to achieve some type of goal or whatnot. Yes. Like, your homie just bought a house? Yes. Cool. Okay. Hey, man, I'm looking to get it buy a house one day. How did you do it? What was your process like? Yes. What, what is everything you had to go to? Give me the deets. Fill me in to help make the process easier for me. So then when I achieve mine, I can do the same for one of my other friends. And it's just steady reaching back and picking up. Thank reaching you. back and picking you up. You got reaching to reach back. back. You got to reach back. That's so important. Like sometimes with our generation, it's so hard where you don't see that very often. And mm-hmm. then, you know, myself and husband. We did a lot of stuff out of our groups of friends, and I think for a couple of them, we were like the first ones to get married, and then other people started following suit, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like, okay, if you have a good relationship with your parents, you know, they're still around or whatever, you can go to them, but it's always nice to see someone your own age, in your age group, doing things that might be one of your goals. Like he said, buy a house, hey man, you know... How was the process for you? Because we had to learn some things the hard way. We didn't know. And that's fine. But that doesn't hurt me to try to help my friend, Mm -hmm. you know, avoid that situation that I didn't have to go through. You know, I had to go through this. Okay, well, hey, be on the lookout for this. Be on the lookout for that. This is what happened to us. It might not happen to you, but, you know, just, just to be on the lookout, just to help you out, give you a couple points. Talk about marriage or whatever. Hey, there's a couple of things that we had to experience that every marriage does not go through. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's a good thing to know to strive for or be aware of, even in the starting stages of a relationship, if your goal is to get married. You need to have people around you that you can go to. They can give you advice, even with the dating. Because mm-hmm. when you're married, you still got to date. Indeed. Very much still so. Still got date. I'm glad you put that out because people tend to forget that. Oh, yeah. Don't get complacent. <laughs> <laughs> don't get complacent. But also, with all this, people, listen, as your host, as your friend talking to you, I'm not one to give you a whole lot of advice on anything or whatever. And especially with this, I am not a professional in this. I just learned through life experience. Get your credit together. Make sure your credit is on point. I get it. The credit system is some bullshit. It's trash. It does not really tell you a whole lot about a person. But unfortunately, it's the system that society uses to gauge you as a person. And if you do not have good credit, you will not be able to... Mm, you would not be able to do a lot of things in life. It can affect you from getting a house, 
buying a new car. It can even affect you from getting a new job. Because I work for the federal government. They run your credit score. If your shit is questionable, they're going to question you. And if you can't explain why it's questionable, bye-bye. Well, yeah, and I mean, they use that gauge. I, I really hate that this system has been implemented and it's only been in, in place since literally 1989. Mm-hmm. It's trash. Like, our parents were able to buy a house with just proof of income. Yep. And, you know, now you got to do through, go through extensive credit checks, multiple credit checks, through different, you know, institutions and all that stuff. The only thing with credit is they gauge you by your financial stability and decisions Mm -hmm. and what that translates to on paper. Okay, if your credit is trash, it looks like you are reckless and irresponsible when it comes to finances, which means you look bad as an investment. From somebody who would invest, if I feel like you're going to squander money because you got a $1,500 credit line and you don't pay none of it back, and your credit tanks, and you don't try to fix it or do anything like that, that looks like a bad investment. That looks like I'm going to lose money. And who wants to lose money? Not a damn nobody. Nobody (laughs) wants to lose money. But this is not a finance show, so we're going to slide off of that topic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, we're not going to talk about finances. I don't want to talk about finances. I don't like credit either. (laughs) Right. So, next. The next big question. How to nurture a friendship. Also, according to the same Mayo Clinic article, number one, be kind. Number two, be a good listener. Number three, open up. Number four, show that you can be trusted. And number five, make yourself available. I feel like all of that is bullshit. Yeah? Yeah, all of it is bullshit because it didn't preface it in the sense of that's how to be a good friend. And a lot of people are like that and they still get screwed over. Mm. Okay. You can nurture a good, like you can nurture a friendship and those are all great attributes or, you know, characteristics into nurturing a friendship. Mm -hmm. But you have to first get to the point where you know it is a friendship. A lot of people will put all of that into something that had, that was going nowhere. You got a lot of people. You put a lot of people, you put the wrong person in a certain position. You got somebody playing, you know, the field and they're the wrong position. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to make this person their friend and that person was never meant to be your friend. So you did all of these things. You were a kind person. You you did all of the, you were open, all of this stuff, and then you get hurt. So then you get hurt and that messes it up for the next person who might actually want to be your friend or be a good person to you. So now you have less good people, less kind people, and everybody has their guard up. Because because you've become jaded. Yes, because you've become jaded. And that's partially because of your selection process. How you go about deciphering when someone is worth all of that time and energy. A lot of people don't know how to do that. Where if you know, okay, you should pay attention to red flags. I mean, everybody always talks about red flags, red Mm -hmm. flags, red flags. Okay, here's an example. You just met this person. You only known them maybe about a month or so. Mm -hmm. And you decide to be kind to them like you have been. You take them out to lunch. Mm -hmm. You treat them. All this stuff. If they come in a bind, you've helped them. Okay. Then you open up and you tell them something about yourself. Or you come up on something that should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I got a new job. 
or you know, or I'm expecting a child, whatever. Or yeah. I'm starting a business. Yeah, I'm starting a business. When somebody, you have to pay attention to the reaction because if they won't clap for you, and if it's crickets as soon as you tell them a simple piece of good news, that's a red flag. That sounds like you shouldn't tell them a whole lot more right. moving forward. Just it's okay to be kind to people. It's okay to be a good person, but you have to be. You have to be able to decipher when it's time to really put in all of your effort and energy into certain relationships. That's not just friendships. That's relationships in general overall. Right. Okay. So question. How do you know when to transition someone from being a associate to an actual friend? I feel like when there are certain situations that come up, it, it sounds almost like a job interview, but when they prove themselves in certain situations and you see their response, you see their reaction, you see how they treat you mm-hmm. in the situation and then after the situation. Like some people might be there for you when something happens, but then they disappear. Right. Okay. Well, there's your answer right there. <laughs> there's your answer right there. It's like, gone tomorrow. Yeah. Like, okay, you helped me with this, but then you disappeared. Or if... You give them some money or they gave you some money mm-hmm. and it's always a problem. And well, uh, you haven't paid me back this $20 yet. Still $20. You haven't paid me back. And mm-hmm. they keep bringing it up and then they start, you know, taking little jabs here and there about things that you told them. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like you need to move forward and they need to stay an associate. Like basketball games. Okay. You need to figure out when you need to put the player in the game or keep them on the bench. See, it's funny that you bring that up about money because I literally just had this conversation with somebody the other day. I loaned them, I think it was like $20, $25 months ago, like around Christmas time last year. And I told them, you know, you know, handle your business, do what you got to do. Um, it's not a huge deal. You know, that you pay me back or whatever. And she was like, you know, don't worry about it. It's cool. I got you. I'm going to pay you back. You know, give me a couple of weeks. I'm going to take care of you. Woo-dee-woo-dee-woo. Okay, cool. Whatever. She recently came back around and asked me for some money again for something else. Now, mind you, when I gave her the money um, before Christmas, that wasn't the first time that she asked me money. Um, it, it was a number of times. I don't know exactly how long it's been because I've known her for years or whatever. But generally, I make it a habit not to lend people money because lending folks money can create confusion and headache, especially when they don't pay you back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So with this situation, like being that it wasn't a whole lot of money, like I said, it was only like $20, $25. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm not going to miss that. Take it. Handle your business. So when she came back around again recently asking me for some money, I was like, you know, I'm not trying to be rude about the situation or whatnot, but... I don't really want to keep lending you money. I don't want to keep being placed in the position to where you feel comfortable, steady, coming back, asking me for some money, especially when it's at a point where you still owe me money. Now, granted, again, I'm not upset about the fact that you still owe me money or whatever. It's the principle of the fact that you still owe me and now you're asking for more. Yeah. So it becomes like a repetitive action because you did it for me once, maybe twice. Okay, but now it, it this is becoming repetitive, and now you want to treat me like ATM, and I I can't I can't have that. Exactly, I can't have that. And if our friendship is going to end off of that because I'm telling you I'm gonna cut you off, and I'm not gonna give you any more money. Mm-hmm. 
not a friend. Not a friend or sound like they need to be demoted. <laughs> now, now, granted, in this situation, I applaud her response. I appreciate her response because she was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I'm sorry. You're right. I do still owe you money and I'm going to get that to you. And you haven't said not one word to me about me still owing you money. And it's not even your place to tell me that I owe you money because I should already know that I owe you that money and I should get it to you whenever I have it available. So you are absolutely right. And I'm sorry. I won't bother you about it again. And I was like, okay, cool, appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad that we can have that conversation and get through that. And you understand where I'm coming from. But I've also made my boundary known and established. Exactly. And we're still good. Exactly. That's another thing how you know that you have a well-established and good relationship or friendship when you you have the right to change your own boundaries mm-hmm. because that is you and you have to set them for yourself. It's not anybody else's job necessarily to set them or respect them. But if they respect the boundaries, then usually that's a good friend. Right. Usually that's a good person. If you set this boundary and say, hey, man, I draw my line right here. Like, but we can still be cool after that. And it's not going to be an issue again. And you're not going to take jabs mm-hmm. every chance you get. We're good. That's cool. I I can respect that. Like moving forward, you good people. You good in my book, right? right? But in regards to promoting or demoting somebody, actions actions speak louder than words. So you showed me what you were going to do. If I if I gave you X this or I gave you, you know, you had an opportunity to prove yourself and it's not necessarily that you're always trying to vet somebody, but it's just being aware and paying attention to what somebody does or how they respond. Mm -hmm. And usually their initial response tells a lot. Their initial response tells a lot. That whole thing with the first impressions, you know, that's true too. But somebody's initial response, when you tell them good news and it's negative and then they want to backtrack, oh, you know, I'm sorry, da-da-da-da. Okay, I'm going to let it slide this one time. But if it happens again... Or it happens again, mm-hmm. then at that point, it's also my fault for keeping you in the picture, true, and putting you on the pedestal that you're on. I would say true with a tiny caveat, based on the fact that it depends on a the amount of information that they had about your achievement prior to you getting said achievement, and b exactly what the achievement is. Like for example, your your let's say your achievement is um, you're pregnant. You know, you're going to have a baby or whatever. They may not have even known you was even dating anyone. So now you coming out of blue, but hey, you know, guess what? I'm prego. I'm having a baby. And they're like, what? I can see how that may be taken as a negative. But at the same time, they just like, I wasn't even aware you was dating anyone, let alone screwing to get pregnant. Like, that, this is all news to me. But also at the same time, I would think if... Hearing that is that much of a surprise to them. They probably wasn't really a, a, a friend like that to begin with because a real friend would know that you're dating someone. Well, it's not even that. A real friend would know how you're bringing the news. If I sound excited about it, then you should be matching that energy. Mm-hmm. If I sound nervous and scared, okay, as a good friend, just ask, okay, are we happy about this? Or, hey, I support whatever you want to do. It's not necessarily that you have to know if your friend is dating somebody because 
you don't have to be dating nobody to turn up pregnant. You ain't got to be married to be <laughs> expecting a baby either. Like things Very happen. True. Life happens. Mm-hmm. But if I come to you and you say, like as a friend, hey man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I took this test and, you know, I'm pregnant. Okay. As a friend, your response should be like, okay, well, that's, that's good news, right? That should be, that should be your response. That's good news, right? Mm-hmm. Are we happy about this? Or you, you still sound a little nervous? Like mm-hmm. that, that's coming as supportive right? as opposed to judgmental. Okay, I can see the difference. Yeah. I get you there. Yeah, the response the response says a lot. And I'm like, okay, well, if you start already immediately wanting to judge me, well, you're not working right now. What are you going to do? Well, do you know who the father is? Uh, you know, like... Yeah, that, that type of question, the statements that make me want to punch you in the face. Cause yeah. That, that does nothing to help the current no, situation. It does nothing. It's not supportive whatsoever. It's not encouraging whatsoever. So that initial response, mm-hmm. but your energy should be matching my energy. If you are f- my friend, you should know. Right. You should already know if, if I was trying and I tell you, or if I wasn't trying. Okay. Great example. Okay. Great example. Okay. So with that, we're going to transition into the last topic for today. Social media. What role does social media play in the making, developing, and possibly even breaking of a friendship? Hmm. Of a friendship. I mean, the problem with the social media is that people can adopt so many personalities. Okay. One, I I have my two qualms with social media is people can adopt a lot of personalities and it gives too many people access. It gives too many people access. And when people have access, they feel entitled to say things. So if you saw saw something on social media, now people don't know how to mind their business. Mm -hmm. If you saw this post and I ain't respond to your text message, mind your business. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I saw you on social media. I saw you post this. I saw you post that. If I wanted to tell you, you would have heard it from me. Yep. And if I wanted to talk to you, particularly in this moment, I would have responded. Yeah. And I would have... You know, you know me as a friend, then whatever I'm posting on social media is totally different than what I'm talking to you about. If I talk to you almost every day or pretty regularly, Mm -hmm. which most good friendships, that's kind of the, you know, and I say regularly, like you've got friendships where y'all don't talk for weeks. That's Mm -hmm. okay. That is normal as an adult. I want to put that disclaimer out. (laughs) You're not supposed to be up underneath somebody every day. Right. Your friendship works with that person. That's how your friendship works with that person. Whatever is normal between you two is normal between you two. And it may not necessarily be normal for another friend that exactly. you have. All relationships are created differently. Exactly. Like, it's okay. We all have lives. We got bills. We got households to maintain. All that stuff. We got jobs. Whatever. So, that that has to be... Let me just lay that out right there. Mm-hmm. But if you see me posting something on social media, most likely I would have told you beforehand. But at the end of the day, you have to take it down a notch and realize social media should not be on the pedestal that it's on. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. And coming from the generation where before social media and before the internet was so big and so broad and paid, you know, plays such a huge role in a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. How else did you find out information from somebody? 
That's my only question right there. How else did you find out information if somebody had a baby, if somebody got married, if somebody died, if somebody got a new job? You were told personally. Yep, you had to talk to them or... You had to send out an announcement in the mail. That part. That was it. That was all you had. So now to feel all of a sudden so entitled and you page watching somebody, stalking somebody about everything they put up on social media when you got three different platforms or four, five, six different platforms, they're a different personality on each one of them platforms. Mm-hmm. So how do you even how do you even know who to get mad at? Yeah, because let me tell you, <laughs> me on Facebook and Versus me on Twitter Instagram or and Instagram, me on Twitter, completely different people. Totally different people. Like, I'm real professional and Christian on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Instagram, I'm hardly even on there. Yeah, and Twitter, I'm a ratchet. I'm not even on Twitter. I just repost and talk about stuff for, from shows that I watch. But Insta, um, Snapchat, Snapchat is my personal life. So <laughs> I, I deem that as literally access only, mm-hmm. like invitation only. Yeah, see, I never got into the Snapchats and the TikToks. So I, I, I just can't do it. It's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's, a, that's enough for me. That's I, enough I, to I manage. Can't do anymore. That's a lot. That's a lot and, to manage. And then, and then even more on LinkedIn, I'm a whole other person there. So exactly, it's like pick it, pick the world that you want to know me in, and stay in that lane. Exactly. Don't don't be Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Don't be trying to <laughs> don't be trying to hop lanes and be involved in everything. Right. Just just stay right over here. If that's how you know me, just stay right over there. Don't be trying to look for nothing either. Don't look for something you don't want to find. <laughs> well, folks, that's, that's crazy. With that, we are going to wrap up this episode. I do appreciate everyone for stopping by, checking me out, listening to me. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to hit me up on my socials. Facebook, Laurel Dudley. IG, that's Mr. Wolf to you. I will reply. If you want to be a part of the show, please let me know. Give me an idea of what you would like to discuss, what you got on your mind. We can talk about it. I'll have you on. That's right. That's right. Good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you having me on the show. No problem. Please be sure to come back again. For sure. All right. With that, we out. Peace.